Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Go to tacticalpermaculture.com for more info. You gotta train for me Because I'm training for you We gotta love, love And revolution to do You better train for me You'll be training for you It's April 1st, 2023, episode 46 um, I will admit that uh, I got... I was fooled today by um, the the public freakout Reddit changing its name to Calm and Public with all of these <laughs> very serene moments that people submitted. I guess they were in on the joke, but I actually thought for a minute that they that they had been threatened by um, by the chilling effect of the Restrict Act, and <laughs> and they decided the only way they could retain their community was to completely do a one eighty and become um the opposite of of public freakout and and become common public and I actually at first I was like this is weird I subscribe to this feed and all of a sudden it kicks in and I forgot about it I guess that's possible and then I I started to um to continue to read the threads and then it, what popped out of me was the date on all the threads which is that it was April 1st and then I realized that I had been had so it wasn't my intention to uh, <laughs> to record an episode on April 1st for superstitious reasons but I'm actually um, in a celebratory mood because I've achieved a bit of a milestone in a a process that I began recently of um, applying myself to building very hopefully elegant and kind of no frills, nothing fancy, just get the job done. free online web-based tools that help people implement the technical processes that you learn in a permaculture design course. And for all I know, there's a million better products out there that are either free or by membership subscription or whatever, but I'm... I'm not I'm only competing with myself. I'm not competing with anyone else. And I'm and I'm um the philosophical approach to designing this technology is um that I really I really want to bridge a gap in my my full stack web development skills from back end to front end and I've been building websites, nothing nothing that I would consider um, off the charts quality, but but um, working in the in the tech field and building websites for clients, maintaining e-commerce and community websites and all of the web 1.0 and early web 2.0 stuff and then I stopped that career path for various reasons and I guess left off really around Drupal 6 if that means anything to you and then picked back up with WordPress 
and then got more interested in cybersecurity and that really tore down a lot of the um it was really it was really a process of disillusionment with um with all of the the open source code libraries that that you can use freely without scrutinizing and and just build these monstrosities of tech stacks that have um minds of their own and all kinds of backdoors and all kinds of attack vectors so without giving a discourse on what I've learned I definitely have realized that for sound more sound cybersecurity best practice compliance to meet my risk appetite which is basically zero because I don't want to be the security operations center run, running 24/7 and I don't want to hire people to do it for me so I want to design reduced attack surface webs web applications that um that are are just optimized by default to be to preclude a lot of a lot of potential vulnerabilities doesn't mean that there's any such thing as a state of security it's always a process but with that said for me it's not about plugging in all of the APIs that are available and learning all of the new fancy shiny plugins and whatnot because the more and more I learn about it the more I realize that what is the design standard that should be or that could be more appropriately put to use in far more instances than it is 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 what's called the practice of a hermetic build or her, hermetic code where whereby rather than having an application on the web or on the desktop or on a mobile boot itself up and pull in all of these hot live feeds of source files from all of these different third-party vendors and repositories and whatnot and basically assemble itself into this emergent experience out of this potentially limitless almost infinite array of whether they're black boxes or they're transparent boxes there's so many of them that you can't possibly comprehend a, a reasonable process of of vetting the status of the of the security of of any of these components that come in so you you become a wishful thinker whistling past the graveyard and uh there's a lot of regulation throughout the world and some very close to home in the United States that are addressing these issues with notions of more liability for open source development which is um a controversial topic and of course um software bill of materials so that at least government contractors can be audited for or forced to show that they have some clue about what is entangled up with their with their code and the reality is um you you could it's virtually impossible to know what is in your what is in the product that you build and sell because of the presumption of baking in so many different third party sources beyond your premises and uh and because you could patch something one day and it might solve a problem for that one day but the bigger more terrifying problem is that there are unknown vulnerabilities that have not yet been disclosed and they're often referred to as zero day vulnerabilities because there have been zero days since they've been disclosed for for 
the developers of the product to, of the software code to actually fix and update and patch that uh, that vulnerable code. So those are vulnerabilities that that the that the code authors are unaware of, and that are being exploited, quote unquote, in the wild, in ways that. Uh, That, that can be extremely damaging and compromising. And if and they're in the hands of very immature, very short-sighted, profit-seeking cyber criminals, then they would, quote-unquote, burn or blow a zero-day vulnerability for a run-of-the-mill crypto scam. And then they're sort of... um. frivolous, selfish exploitation of that vulnerability leads to them getting caught and then that vulnerability is discovered as the the as their modus operandi for that for that for the crimes committed and then that gets exposed, hackers rush to exploit it before the developers rush to patch it eventually it gets patched and that zero day is no more. But the more sinister zero day menace is that of what they call advanced persistent threats or nation state actors or state backed hackers. They're all basically long term thinkers who have deeper more mature agendas, which is to acquire footholds in cybernetic network infrastructure and to remain persistent within networks without being caught, without being discovered, without the bull in a china shop effect of going around trying to do ransomware encrypt files and exfiltrate files and deface websites and, and all of that sort of um less mature activity. The more mature activity is the is the deep rooted, deeply embedded, persistent multi phase, kill chain, etc., etc., advanced persistent threat, um, zero-day exploits that thankfully do come to light and get discovered from time to time, but the, but, uh, the, existent, the, the discovery of one probably alludes to the existence of, of 10 or 100 more. So it's probably safe to say that it well it's it's a sort of mantra that that the infosec community would say is that just assume every every computer is compromised already and and operate without assumption which leads a lot of people to segment different types of data into different degrees of being air gapped or kept offline and never being never being in contact with um, with an internet connection, so there's all kinds of nuance to that, and all kinds of ways to nefarious ways to bridge those gaps. Anybody who's interested in this type of material, I've got lists upon lists of uh, of materials that I subscribe to, and um, shows that I listen to. Darknet Diaries is probably the most um, entertaining and listenable for lay people um, and and probably just overall ultimately acknowledges the best amongst the more dedicated uh, the geekier cybersecurity uh, professionals and uh, and and content producers but all this is to say I don't consider myself to be all that sophisticated because I didn't grow up as a as a real computer savvy person 
and I'm kind of a late bloomer with all this stuff, but I think I started on the path at a good time in my in my development and um I'm at a point now where I feel like if I'm going to create a a web application of any kind it's not going to have cookies it's not going to have any form of tracking it's not going to collect personally identifiable information that is not encrypted and that lives in places that I don't control but via strong end-to-end encryption so there's a whole list of things that I do now that I would consider um, in influenced by the uh, the culture of what of what some people some people call extreme privacy. That's 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 actually kind of a brand. And if you want to look that up, you'll find a lot of you'll find out a lot about that. But I feel like I'm probably a C minus of a grade when it comes to implementing that that lifestyle but at least there's at least all i can say now is that there are less less unknown unknowns uh i have i have more and more of an understanding about about my threat model my attack surface and and i've definitely um stopped the bleed as it, as it were digitally speaking on, on a lot of things deleting apps and accounts and just going very hermetic myself in the in, in in real life and in digital life and then getting to a point where rather than than throwing myself into catching up into the modern pace of coding open source web applications I'm going to take this very austere hermetic route and um, acknowledge the trade-offs to it but really discover that it's all all of my research is coming together and and helping me and and like um, some it was like what uh What Mel Gibson said about directing Braveheart is that he said, he said one time he, he asked Clint Eastwood what, you know, for advice about directing, and and he said, don't worry, it'll come to you when you need it, and what that what that served, him, what that meant to him was that all of the direction that he had taken, would, rise to the occasion when, it was his, role, to be the director. And I find myself now feeling blessed as I do web development now after like a 10-year break. Not so, not so much a break, but, but a, a 10, year, 10 years since having done it um, every day in an office in a corporate environment um, or a startup environment or startup corporate environment. I, I, I feel like I did, did it all. Um, back when it was when it was simpler times, and there were, security was not as much of an issue, and um, and therefore it wasn't prioritized. And actually, I remember first listening to the Liquid Matrix security podcast back in 2010, and being mortified <laughs> at, at how poorly implemented even the most basic security controls are uh, amongst my peers and myself and um, it's been a journey since then but one of those sort of moments where where the voices that I've consumed over over the hours that I've consumed them the countless hours at, at the right moments they they emerge whispering in my ear and I, and I remember things like Steve Gibson of the security now show he's like um he just he he instilled in me he says i mean he one of my favorites but he, he says one of the things that he said that was insightful and and appropriate here is that he said um just made the point that's so so obvious and overlooked that it's that the impact of it is sort of missed 
on people and the value of acknowledging it is, is immense, which is that um, the modern browser, the amount of computing power and the amount of um, functionality that it has built in out of the box, it's basically almost like its own operating system in a way. I'm paraphrasing, but the point being with great, you know, with, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. So he was actually talking about it in the, in the sense that it's so powerful that it has to be treated with utmost standards of, of scrutiny and care to the security of the code, just like an operating system it needs to be patched as often and updated as often and updates need to be consistent and it needs to be considered a, a double-edged sword, something very powerful but, but also dangerous. But in a sense, for someone like me, the way I interpret that is I, I say to myself, well, because thankfully the more security conscious and privacy conscious browsers that are free to use and are well vetted and, and, and well respected, um, they're not hard to find. I'm not going to name names at this moment, but but they are so powerful and they are so full featured and and the the basic base level scripting languages that bring browsers to life they're so full featured now that that a, a, a healthy criticism of all of the um, move fast, break things, track everything, sell everything, uh, basically pimp your traffic um, and, and risk all kinds of, of, of gnarly, heinous uh, attack vectors against yourself and against them versus maybe... being a little a little less um uh ha reducing that 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 risk appetite a little bit and considering moving in a direction of um of actually quieting down all that noise and writing code that functions in these powerful browsers in a way that doesn't make a million connections to sketchy external ad servers and font servers and analytic script servers. And so once you start looking under the hood and getting into things like Wireshark and T-Shark and Linux command line terminals and writing your own bash scripts and tools to monitor servers and monitor desktops and getting into what Dan Daniel Lowry I think Apley says about from IT Pro TV and the uh, Technado show is is uh, is like run, dr running a Linux environment, meaning desktop or server. It's like it's like driving a vehicle that is has a stick shift and that gives you that gives you more control. So I think that was probably the best characterization. I was a late bloomer to Linux, and I was um, I was derided and laughed into um, <laughs> into a pathetic uh, state of embarrassment when I when I was working with a, a, a development mentor and he he asked me what OS I, I used I won't say what it was but he laughed at me so for so hard and for so long that it it actually was what I needed to finally um, embrace the much, the learning curve of, of Linux, but but just like Daniel Lowry said, it's very much it, it, the best way to look at it is like that convenience to security to um, empowerment and control trade off that an automatic transmission to a manual transmission would be. Again, I'm just adding some some thoughts and paraphrasing, but with that said, my process has been to cut out all of those middleware providers, reduce the compliance burden by removing cookie 
functionality and allowing people to enjoy and utilize the fruits of my coding labor in a, in a manner that's private to them in the sense that just by using HTML, JavaScript, client-side, these are not even the most technical terms, but basically I can create there's the, the the limit to what can be to what can be designed and implemented using HTML and JavaScript that's that operates at the endpoint of the of the end user or the website visitors browser where there's no additional there's basically it's a one directional experience. Go to the website URL, your browser will load the the main HTML page. That HTML page will make references to other relevant files that live on my server or the server that I rent to be to be accurate. And that I am the system administrator of that that um that rented IP space, that rented server rack space, a VPS, virtual private server. Um, well, once that request is made by clicking on a link to open a page that I design, that browser loads the main page and the pages that it references, which are just sitting right next to it in the image folder, in the style sheet folder, in the script folder, etc. But they are all coming from one single source, which is my IP address, my domain, my file system on my server, and nowhere else with no other calls out to other networks where I don't know what could possibly have happened between today and yesterday that could create a vector and a a supply chain attack vector that could be loading malicious content, um, malicious code into a website that I invite people to that I that I um, am liable for the security of and the privacy compliance of. So this is just a bit of a overview of the of the journey into going from gonzo web 2.0 and a little bit of web 3.0 to reeling it in to a hermetic build hermetic code position which is not is not 100% pure because of me operating on a rented server technically a cloud service but as far as the code that I control, the code that I write, it's not pulling in libraries. It's not pulling in um, anything from anything. It's only giving instructions to your browser. So the security of your browser is where my liability ends and your contract service level agreement begins with the proprietor of the browser that that you're using which to me is a very elegant handoff um, and I have a lot more um, oh it's reasonable to be a lot more trusting of of, of a, a browser level security update regimen than open source repos coming from God knows where and having no idea if they've been corrupted, stolen, infiltrated, sold on the dark web, the ownership of the repos. So the the, the headlines get worse and worse. And so I feel like um, if at all possible, you can build a web application 
that doesn't require all those things. Obviously, there obviously there are plenty of examples that where those compromises are necessary. But what I'm interested in doing, what I did some meditating on to get to get some guidance on, it's like what should I do with um, the hours of the day that become that are so that are, are are basically too hot for me to work outside. So if I can give get up early and spend half the day outside living my life on the land and working the land and the other half of the day giving back and providing using my semi-retired freedom to have this renaissance romance with web development and web application development and coding and whatnot and really fill in gaps that I missed over the years, then I'm going to continue to do so with this standard of hermetic code. And I'm going to push the limits of, um, or just really learn and explore and maximize the potential of how much functionality you can build into a a client-side JavaScript application. In other words, a web application that runs privately on a local user's machine gives them the ability to do more private things and with the 100% hard-coded, baked-in assurance that there are no... There are no... uh, third-party scripts and files that I don't have control over. And when you go to that network inspection tab on your browser, you will see there are no cookies and you will see there are no network connections being made other than to my domain, my IP. And the only files that are being drawn from are a file system that is as simple as it has ever been in web 1.0 but that that leverages the 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 beautiful um evolution of media rich and animation rich and just all of the all of the capabilities of computer science and even the more advanced programming languages that are able to run and execute code that is, quote, sandboxed within your browser. So you don't have to download files and install them with administrator privileges, install executable files onto a desktop environment and then have no clue what that does because it's it's a compiled binary file, meaning you couldn't even read what it does. You don't know unless you were to do packet sniffing on your network monitor your traffic and DNS queries going out of your out of your um, out of your network you wouldn't know what a compiled binary executable file meaning a program that you download and install you would have no idea what it was doing in the background it could be exfiltrating files it could be setting up ran- uh, ransomware operations and and it could be maintaining persistence and spying on you and you never know who that could be so the idea of of the um the activities the interactivity all happening in the browser with temporary files that are that disappear out of memory when you close the tab and that don't require and that they run with least privilege access that they they hopefully no matter what system you're running on you are not running with administrator privileges on full time that the escalation of privilege is something that you very seldom do with very uh, acute care and consideration to the context um so that gives me a lot more confidence and and I'm I'm having this renaissance and it's a lot of fun so the the thing I want to share which is probably the first of many is this first, uh, it's not the first thing that I've, I mean, certainly not the first thing I've ever built. It's not the first thing I have built in the tools section of this website, tacticalpermaculture.com. But it is, um, 
it's it's the first one that that I guess is uh, is is in beta mode. I mean, it's just a work in progress, but at least it's functional enough to where, um, to where I'm I'm excited to share it with uh, with folks, at least in this format. I, I think it's great. It's it's going to be a great experience to um, to build tools, release them, describe them on the show, and then and then have them evolve with user feedback and whatnot. And um, it, it came to me that uh, even if it's not the most sophisticated, even if it's not the most advanced, even if it doesn't at all compete with any modern gaming console or other more Silicon Valley VC-funded startup Web 2 or 3 mobile app or web app experience, I'm just going to, in my... Goal, approaching my golden years, have fun, enjoy this sort of um, retro mystique of uh, the aesthetic that I'm working with, which is a sort of uh, original Nintendo <laughs> sort of aesthetic, is, is what's working out for some of the graphic element. But, uh, but this tool that I want to share is what I'm calling a design trainer. And it's basically, I don't even know what to compare it to now. Um, but it's the idea that uh, somewhere, <laughs> it's like the Nintendo, somewhere between the early Nintendo sort of excite bike experience where you had the ability to, to, to kind of program your motorcycle race course with excite bike. It's basically, it's basically about as, as primitive as excite bike. Um, relative to AutoCAD or something like that. But with the, with the, um, the permaculture uh, background experience of designing and installing to where if you imagine being able to paint a canvas with permaculture system elements like different materials and compost and mulch and different types of plants and plantings and the seven layers of a food forest and structures and solar panels i don't know what i'm up to now like maybe almost almost a couple of dozen of design elements that um that you can click on from a a a sidebar of um of design elements, you click on them and then you can drag the cursor, hold the shift key and basically paint with these materials and these, uh, these design elements and, and mock up a theoretical permaculture site build, design and build, um, or, or create the design that you might implement and build. You could, um, yeah, it's kind of like uh, yeah, somewhere between Excite Bike and, and digital Legos in the sense that uh, I'm sure again there's advanced interfaces, but I mean somewhere between Etch a Sketch, Light Bright, Excite Bike, but very primitive, very pixely, but gets the job done and w- with an aesthetic of that that uh, Nintendo early Nintendo style, but more important than how perfect the shading is and the shadows are and the orientations and how smooth the the rounded edges are. The main point being to teach permaculture, to work with clients and, and, and allow clients to play around and actually, most importantly, be constrained by the... Um, the limitations that I have placed on what those materials are going to be made out of and what those elements are going to be so that you start to think, oh, it's not just whatever I can shop for and whatever is at the home improvement center. It's actually a filtering of materials to where almost everything is non-toxic or moving in that direction or a means to an end to become less toxic. But for me, this is very practical in the sense that 
any from now on anything that I ever design and actually the reason I moved ahead with this tool as a priority was that I'm actually working with a, a client remotely where where I want to be able to um, basically upload the the site plan of a property and upload it as the background layer of this this tool and then and then paint the design that I'm imagining of the layout of the paths and the, the garden beds and the perimeter fencing and whatever the elements are going to be, however the design is going to be, I'm going to mock it up almost to scale, um, orienting to what's on the property already and the structures and whatnot, and then have that be the, um, the sort of... Um, reference material that gets used in the back and forth between myself and the client about what to what to put where and the idea the, I love the idea of them for the first time with no real training in permaculture being able to play with this tool and go oh I never I never considered that oh well if this is if this is what what my my palette is is uh, the ingredients of this palette are that I can paint this this site with. Then um, I know it's going to be safe. I know it's going to be eco friendly, non toxic, productive, and I'm going to learn a lot in the process. And now I realize I could actually teach a permaculture design course literally with this Excite Bike Nintendo kind of kind of a tool. And that's so. That's my intent is to be able to um, to have a representation, a, a, a micro pixel art, very primitive, almost eight bit type primitive uh, representation of of almost everything within reason, at least at a high level that you would encounter in the permaculture design course, so that you can you can. Um, assemble these uh, guilds and these uh, interconnected stacked function systems, feeding systems type of methodology of like engineering human ecological landscapes and, um, and have everything not only be sort of like a, just an exercise, but actually yield a literal design so it could be that you do your permaculture design course final project of your first implementation of what you've learned on into a design and that this is a tool that um, is what it is it's not I'm sure there are better tools in existence but again I'm just in my little um, hermetic coding environment and, and enjoying the process. But I do know that what I can build, what I can continue to iterate and build upon is the nuance of functionality where you bring in more advanced programmatic elements like the effects of the changing of seasons, the solar angle, the slope, and, and the energy vectors and 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 zone the zonation theory but i really feel like um whatever i can implement within this experience of a of a of a web app that is straight out of the designer's manual uh and 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 informed by my experience which has, has been pretty um i'm grateful to say that it's been pretty diverse and, and pretty um pretty pretty rich my design and information implementation experience the 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 range of budgets that I've worked with on crews and as my own my own service provider um, so yeah we'll see how it evolves if you hear this and you want to check it out please do love to get feedback on that and uh, we'll continue to add features there's 
lots of things that that need to continue to be added but for now it's uh it's a start and um i'm moving forward my my mission is going to be to uh in my what is now mostly free time dedicate myself with the hours that are appropriate to spend doing this off-grid solar office hiding from the heat of the day and sweating it out um, and using that solar power energy to to run a nice a nice monitor a nice big dual screen monitor setup and actually um, keep when it's too hot to think and even sit up I'll be I'll be learning I'll be on uh, Edureka, uh, Edureka's channel, learning from their expert tutelage on uh, all things, all things in the uh, in the tech space, and using the MIT and Yale free courses online to catch up on my math and computer science and uh, data science and cryptography and all that stuff, and. Um, and yeah, continue to feel blessed with these uh, these voices that I'm consuming to come out at the right time and remind me of things. And I'm sure there's, I'm sure I'm going to be, well, I hope that I'm going to be um, blessed by folks coming forward and saying, hey, you know, you, you, you what you did in, in, in 10 lines of code can be done in one line of code or you, you know, that's the things like that, the elegance, the reduction of bloat, in code by knowing having the the mastery that comes from from decades of of experience and right now it's really i'm at that stage of um of uh just getting minimum viable products proofs of concept and then going back and discovering and rediscovering ways to to make the code itself more elegant um, but I'm I'm at a point where I'm extremely thrilled about what is what is uh, a, a underestimated and undervalued realm, which is in in, in a phrase local her- hermetic code that runs in the private local. environment that is the end user's web browser sandbox and just allowing the browser to do the magic and the security behind the browser to be what I what allows me to sleep at night so with that said I hope you uh, enjoy exploring these tools I'm creating. And, uh, yeah, part of me says in a perfect world, I would I would build one new tool every week or at least try to if I'm able to. And um, I'm, I'm not committing to that, but I will say I don't want to get stuck on any one on any one project for too long because I want to, because basically I want all of these all of these tools to um, to force me to implement the vast array of, um, of of computer science solutions to to information asymmetries information um, impoverishment and, and education impoverishment I want to there's there's a lot of uh, fundamentals that I need to um, to become competent with, and then even more and even more building blocks can can emerge. Emergent properties will will come about, um, but I have a lot still to to get through. So I'm thinking of building tools that for me exemplify the implementation of different um, different different. Um,
concepts and and and, and solutions that are, that are baked in and built into these different code languages. And um, so, yeah, expect and look forward to more. And uh, who knows? Maybe someday there will be the tacticalpermaculture.com design trainer contest with the with the prize that gives you a budget to actually <laughs> to actually install the design that you created like those those uh those lego championships and whatnot i i love the idea that uh you know if you're gonna put in the energy to to have fun playing with this this toy basically that maybe it would lead to actually coolest of all things would be people in 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 the fourth third and fourth world so-called using a tool like this having it be part of their permaculture design certification and being what gets funded what they design on this tool is what they get funded to build and maybe with help from from uh, an international team and um or with uh, with with funding supplied to the uh, vetted local permaculture group or whatever it is, but um, to me that's that growing is half the battle. So cheers. Oh,